Welcome to the Weekly Workplace, where professionals come to find insights and inspiration for success. Hosted by the Missouri Training Institute, this is the Weekly Workplace. Welcome to the Weekly Workplace, where professionals come to find insights and inspiration for success with you today. Good morning. (laughs) We're back. We are. Favorite time of the week, doing podcast recordings with you all. Absolutely. It's a fun time. I really enjoy these these same mornings when Uh, we get together to do this. Yeah. Well, and um, you know what's interesting is we are getting ready to come upon our 100th episode. We're only a few episodes away. Time to celebrate. It will be. We haven't quite decided what it's going to look like yet, but um, there will be a celebration for sure. The true MTI fashion. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I I want to put that. All three of us will go out and celebrate just us. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think if you have any ideas of how we should celebrate, I would love to hear those. That would be a great idea. That would be good. Send those in to us. We'd love to hear them. Yeah. Yeah. We still got a few weeks, about a month, I think, to to plan this. So, yeah, I love that idea as well. I wonder if we could do something live for the hundredth. That'd be cool. That'd be a good idea. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I bet we can figure out something. So now, so comment and let us know where should we do it at? Yeah. There you go. That'd be fun. Yeah. All right. We're we're coming up with ideas on the the fly here. I love it. (laughs) As we often do. I know. Teamwork makes the dream work. Oh, what a good cue in there, Dewey. Um, That's exactly what we're talking about today. So to to give our listeners an idea of where uh, this kind of came from, if you aren't familiar, every week I post in there, send us your episode idea, send us your topic. And we'd gotten a couple over, uh, well, since the last time I checked all of those, that had uh, suggested we look at some team building pieces. And I thought it was really interesting that that topic, it seems to be coming up a lot. And I have to wonder the interplay between... Um, the pandemic and obviously us all working remotely and now coming back to the offices. And it seems like we are seeing more training requests for this. Yeah. And, and more hiring mm-hmm. has been done because I know, you know, there was obviously some uh, mass exodus yeah. uh, when people were rediscovering themselves. And so, yeah, a lot of new teammates yeah. um, are coming. And, and just a lot of things are new, right? So whether it's new people or whether it's new systems, like hybrid systems yeah. now, as opposed right. to having just everybody at work, everybody remote. Now we're kind of doing it all. So trying to come up with all those systems and how people feel about that could definitely affect your team. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and, and so this will be a series. The thing is, I'm going to leave you all on a cliffhanger here because I don't know exactly how many parts we're going to make it. Um, really, that's going to be dependent on your feedback. You know, what are some other questions you might have as, as we come along? I know at this point we we have two episodes for sure as we talk about teamwork, teamwork makes the dream work. And so today's episode is really going to focus on um, from, for our leaders, getting that vision about what you want your team to look like. And as I was thinking through this episode, I thought, man, you all probably went through this process when you were hiring for my role. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. We did. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very interesting. You know, MTI has gone through several different visions, <laughs> if you will, of what we looked like. And, you know, before you came on board, um, uh, we were in into other things, yeah. some other things. We almost had, you know, a whole couple other employees that were focused on uh, some grants that we had. And then we Ray and I were kind of focused on others and those grants went away. So it came to a point where Ray and I really had 
had to think about what do we really want here? And um, so that was an interesting process. Mm -hmm. And I'm really glad that we were able to kind of um, call it down a little bit. Mm -hmm. I think we have distilled it down to something that is um, really special. So. Yeah, we it, it was a lot of conversation mm -hmm. and a lot of uh, back and forth and the fact that time lapsed, you know, as the discussion went on. And so we continued to morph, you know, one thing I'll, I'll mention in thinking about bringing new teammates on is really looking forward mm -hmm. and not like in the moment, you know. So I even think like if you guys were going to replace me, you wouldn't look for another me. You'd look for what you're going to need down the road. I mean, and think about what that might look like. So, you know, that gives you a whole different picture of what kind of skills mm -hmm. you might be interviewing for, mm -hmm. you know, so it's not always a, a straight replacement. Yeah. You know, this person did these three things. We need our new person to do those three things. Yeah. And so that's. Yeah. And, and tying it to your plans, right? Tie it to that future strategic kind of objectives that you're trying to achieve. So um, I think that's very insightful, right? To kind of think about the future, not just as yeah. replacing what you've always had, right. but looking at what you really want to create and what you need in order to get there. Yeah. Well, and what's interesting to hear, I, I actually just finished a, a book review training with an organization and uh, I was on Leaders Eat Last by Simon Sinek. It was actually a pretty good read. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the stories he tells in that book is about a company called Next Jump. And this was during a time, I think it was the 08 recession, when a lot of people were, were feeling a lot of anxiety and things based off of layoffs and all of that. And the um, CEO of Next Jump noticed that that was the fear. The fear, the anxiety was taking place in his organization. So he actually implemented this policy of lifetime employment. Mm. So if you get on with that organization, you're guaranteed lifetime employment. And I, you know, you think about the, um, the expectations then that it would have, because you've got to make sure you are hiring like the right people, mm -hmm. that it is the perfect fit for your team, because that's a really lofty um, kind of goal that you're setting for people then that, you know, you don't want your slackers in there. So I imagine the process they had to go through to think about what kind of team they wanted to have uh, for lifetime employment. Yeah. You know, I remember, um, the, you know, I guess our process was probably a little bit more casual because um, we do have such a little small team. Mm -hmm. So um, it was a lot of conversations with Ray and I. I remember taking her to lunch and I remember having a few happy hours where we're just kind of dreaming <laughs> Right. About writing on the napkins, writing on the napkins, <laughs> yep. and, you know, what that kind of looks like. Um, there's times when um, Ray and I um, were traveling both in different directions. And um, I specifically remember this phone call. Me too. <laughs> and it lasted, what, about two hours? Oh, my gosh. Yes. And we, and we uh, mapped out this whole great leadership kind of institute that we wanted to see and everything. But the problem was that we were both driving. And so <laughs> we thought, we're going to remember this. This. That's we're right. going to remember this. We're going to remember this. Uh, um, and it's like nobody was there to write it down. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, by the time we had been with clients for a week and then gotten back together, it was like, OK, so what was that? <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Those it are, was. It was beautiful. It was. Those, yeah. Those were those moments you wish you had like, what did they call it now? Chat bots or whatever that can capture all of your thoughts right. you know, yeah. by just Absolutely. talking to them. Right. Uh, right. Robots taking over. So so let's talk about that a little bit then. What did you all identify uh, when you went through that process or what do you think really Really, our leaders should be focusing on when they want to look at creating those high-performing teams. 
I mean, not just the task, obviously. And I and when I say the task, I mean, even moving into the future. So a lot of what we did is we looked at what what companies on, you know, the cutting edge of training, what they were doing. And then where was our gap in being, you know, a, a cutting edge uh, training company? And so we, we did a lot of that for the purpose of task. But I think you really you're hiring a family member, mm. you know, I mean, so really thinking about what what's our family dynamic? Um, what kind of personality would fit in here? How do we want our team to communicate with one another? How do we want our team to uh, uh, bat ideas around, you know, and what does that kind of culture look like um, that really helps us to understand who is that family member uh, that we're kind of seeking? So it's almost like drawing a picture of that family member, right? Yeah. Without even mm -hmm. meeting them for the first time. So um uh, so that's what I think what yeah. we did. And, and the trick with all of that is coming up with the right questions, mm -hmm. you know, that really kind of help identify that, you know, this person's values and their work style and their communication style. And, of course, always taking into consideration, you know, potentially discriminating questions you've got to stay away from. So and and asking ourselves does this matter to the the, the product or to the outcome? Um, does that question target what we're really looking for? Yep. Yeah. And there's a lot of, uh, I mean, when I think of that, good questions that are out there uh, for interviewing. But I love the scenario-based questions. Those seem a little pretty safe. Um, I don't know. What are you all, what's your thoughts mm, on that? We There there have been a few in the news that get people in trouble. Okay. Um, and some of them usually have to do with what I call a stupid questions, you know, <laughs> questions like, you know, if your house were on fire, yeah. you know, what three things would you oh, that's say? Weird. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll tell you that actually went through the court system in Missouri mm. oh, and wow. the candidate uh, won that lawsuit That's interesting. Um, because of it set it set her up for a potentially discriminating topic to be brought up, mm. um, you know, which is religion. And, you know, if your house is on fire, what three things are you going to save? Right. And basically they're saying, how does that, you know, there, there's a different question that could get to that, um, you know, related to work values. I've, I've had somebody, um, uh, a friend of mine was in an interview one time and they asked him, uh, tell us a joke. Oh, weird. Yeah. That was one of the interview questions was tell us a joke. And then it's like, you know, if you were uh, applying to become a comedian, that's probably an appropriate. Sure, absolutely. Sure. Right. Right. But not for the position that he was applying for. Right. Know? So right. Uh, they, of course, were trying to think about, oh, I can tell so much by a person's personality, by the kind of humor, or the joke that they tell. Well, it was often um inappropriate jokes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? Again, there's better questions uh, yeah. to yes. figure that out. Yep. Yes, there's always. Yes. Yeah. And so, you know, talking about uh, even maybe beyond this, we've been mentioning a lot about people kind of coming in as a new employee into into an organization. But when we think about this through the lens of maybe your current team and um, resetting, that's a good word I think I'm going to use here, kind of resetting your current team to really not just manage kind of that mediocre performance we're seeing, but to make them a high performing team, uh, what would what would that look like and where should the focus be there? 
Well, you know, the whole idea with teams to me is you got a couple big things I think you have to worry about. Number one is trust. Yeah. Um, so how is the team going to, what does that trusting environment look like? You know, so, you know, from, from our, my perspective for MTI, I wanted a team that is free, that feel free to come to me and say, Dewey, you're the leader, but you goofed up. Right. And I want to be able to come to you all and say, hey, um, I think you've goofed up and do that without us feeling like we're being attacked one way or the other. Right. So we want that sense of openness, that sense of vulnerability uh, is one of the things that I really kind of look for as a, a, a on a team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that can tie back into the the sense of purpose for the organization mm-hmm. that the reason I want this improved or corrected is for the purpose of the organization. Right. Um, and so really being able to have that common um, bond that, you know, our customers or our deliverables are why we're here doing what we're doing and why we have the expectations we have. And really, it's not quite so much about you mm-hmm. in that sometimes we have to get over ourselves in order to look at the bigger picture. Right. Right. And I think that's a really interesting point because that's actually something we just talked about in that same uh, one of the trainings I just did as well. Where we were defining yourself as a leader and thinking through, you know, we're we're pretty conditioned from school on. It's like, you know, you get in, you work your way up the ladder, you know, to succeed, to get the salary, to get the position or, you know, and, and I, it, for me, and I don't know, I won't speak for all millennials, but it was kind of an eye opening experience to recognize, hey, there's something bigger here than just those individual interests. And that's what makes the team. Mm-hmm. And um, I think I'd worked for enough organizations to recognize that those silos, you know, it just kind of re-emphasized the conditioning I'd already had. And so coming to MTI was an eye opener in recognizing again the big we, not mm-hmm. not the little me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, well, yeah. I, again, I, I think that's the second thing I would probably want yeah. to take a look at is purpose. Yeah, and um, you know how do does everybody kind of share that purpose? Does everybody yeah. have kind of share that passion for what it is that we're really trying to accomplish? Right. Well, and I love when I think back to um, a conversation Ray, you and I had had. It it was me coming in, and I, I remember having where. I'm like, I don't have an educational background. I can't do curriculum design. And I don't know if I'm really contributing. And you're like, what do you do well? <laughs> like stay in your lane and we can help. We can leverage each other's talents. And so for me, it's really understanding. Like I had to really come to terms with what my role was, um, understand what skills I brought, what contributions I made just being me and not try so hard to be you all. Because I'm not and I and I won't be, but I can leverage you all in those spaces where I am weak. Yeah. And to me, that's the teamwork that makes the dream work. Yep. Right. And that's why you don't just hire yourself three times. You know, you hire people with complementary skills that are all working towards that same purpose. And then I think with as a leader, you have to let people do their job. You Mm -hmm. have to let people, you know, use their their talents um, in the way that they're best at um, and not try to have them do it your way mm. you know uh, was in a class the other day and we were talking about strengths actually Clifton strengths and um, the, the whole supervisor team had done it and um, then of course we went on and got deeper into relationships and started talking about you know as a leader on your team you know how important trust was and empathy and you know one person you know raised his hand he's like 
Empathy was number 34 out of 34 on my Clifton Strengths. <laughs> and, you know, I thought this was, oh, this is a great moment because I said, here's the deal. First of all, you can demonstrate empathy if you don't feel like you have empathy. You can still demonstrate it. The other thing is, it just shows that we can all have the same outcome. Mm-hmm through different strengths. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And so the fact that you're 34 is your empathy. I'm sure you still demonstrate empathy. You just do it through your top five, something in your top five, top 10, you know, but we can still have the same outcome. <laughs> so it was kind of like, oh, so I don't have to have the strength move up right. in my list, um, but just awareness of those behaviors. Mm -hmm. So also thinking about that, and, you know, we always say here at MTI, we, you know, we're no different than any other team. And and so one of the things and, and we work through our own, but I think another important piece to a high performing team is being able to really handle conflict. Right. Well, when you take a look at and I think that's going to be our next episode, right? When we kind of take a look at those stages of team development yeah. that to recognize that conflict is a natural thing that you will go through. Right. Um, as you develop your team. And it's something that you're going to continue to go through. You know, some people think that this uh, the stages of team development is a linear. Thing, right. When in fact, <laughs> it's just more of a circular thing, uh -huh. it's a continuous thing. It goes on and on and on and on. So. Um, but how people handle conflict, it's not so much the conflict so much is about the how people handle the conflict yeah. um, that I think is very important. You know, people shy away from conflict sometimes. And unfortunately, that's un that I think that's some sometimes unfortunate because um, uh, I think a lot of great new insights and a lot of new new innovations can come from people seeing things a little bit differently. Right. Um, I think you can get a lot of new ways of looking at old problems that way. Um, so not all conflict is bad. I would probably say if you're not having conflict, that that's when you probably should be worried. Yeah, um, I would agree. Bit. Yeah, I, th I think just like we talked about styles, I think people approach mm -hmm. conflict differently. So like you said, it's how because, you know, me, I. It can happen and then I can be over it tomorrow Yeah, and move on like nothing. Yeah, yeah, just so that but that doesn't work for my team. <laughs> not for me. Not no, no, me either. <laughs> no. Well, and, and it's so interesting because there there is that element and we talk a lot about the comfort level with conflict and becoming a little bit more uh, self-aware of what your comfort level is with it. And so you mentioned people who shy away, Dewey. And I had a, a woman one time in a training, I do an activity and I'm talking about their comfort level, you know, with conflict and I'm conflict. So get as near or far away from me as you are uh, comfortable. And I had one woman who, I kid you not, was just chest to chest with me. I forgot to tell her about my two foot bubble that I needed. <laughs> yeah. oh and, and I was just like, hello, I'm glad we both brushed our teeth today. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, thinking about that and just with your team, um, how everybody's going to be at different comfort levels mm -hmm. and how we can really start kind of reframing the concept of conflict and how we we view conflict and define conflict as a team. I think that can be helpful sometimes. Yeah, you know, and, it, and it's easy to talk about when you're not emotional. It, right, right. Um, and so, you know, to the to the best of your ability, sometimes having these conversations about how our team will conflict when you're not in conflict um, helps, you know, when you're talking about this visioning what your team looks like or revisioning, resetting. And we've talked about that with other teams as well. Um, and trying to have that conversation when you're not emotionally hijacked, hijacked. Mm -hmm. yep. 
So let's talk a little bit about some things. If we were looking at a very high performing team, now you all have seen a lot of teams in your years uh, training, but thinking about what are some of those productive behaviors that you typically are like, all right, this team is, you know, they're, they're doing, they're doing all right. They're doing something right here versus some of those maybe unproductive behaviors that you notice teams are experiencing. I notice um, oftentimes that people are asking tons of questions of each other. Um, and there, um, there's a lot of communication going mm-hmm. on, right? And so, um, we're finding out what you think about it and we're finding out what you think about it and, um, you know, kind of taking a look at it from very multiple perspectives. Yeah. It's one of the things I, I notice on very high performing teams. Yeah. I, I also think that leaders of high performing teams are often not, well, are not the ones that are, um, managing the dynamics that's right that teams i think Mm self-manage you know and that peer-to-peer um accountability is really strong you know and the leaders there to make the way and you know steps in when they need to but the the team itself the members itself are are self-managing and and peer-to-peer managing I also know how people are versatile with one another when they are on really high performing teams. So, you know, not to say that everybody's, you know, we always talk about, well, let's treat everybody the same. Let's treat everybody consistently. Let's treat everybody fairly. But, you know, we're different people. Mm -hmm. So being able to be versatile in how I communicate with you, Brianna, is going to be a lot different maybe than the way in which I communicate with with Ray. Um, And I think us three, we kind of know each other's, you know, boundaries. We have these um, um, kind of unspoken rules, if you will, about how that we have developed that we uh, use um, oftentimes in how we're treating each other other, how we're communicating, how we're interacting with one another. Do you think that there's an element of um, proactivity that would be a productive behavior like on a high performing team versus just being reactive to the circumstances or the situations? I mean, I always find us as a team, we always like start out like, how's this the best problem we've ever had? And so there, that's a very proactive approach on reframing something. Uh, I, I found that to be comfortable here. Yeah. I think when communication just flows, mm-hmm. a lot of those things, you know, maybe what you might think is troubleshooting or are happening within the team and it's not a thing, you know, uh, we don't have to set aside special time that it's just an organic part of that mm-hmm. dream work mm-hmm. um, that the team is doing and innovating and questioning, you know, back to the initial comment that trust has to exist in order to raise some of these like harebrained ideas mm-hmm. that end up being the next greatest mm-hmm. deliverable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so now let's transition. So unproductive behaviors. What are some things you all have seen? Not to end on a low note here, but uh, uh, there's no communication uh-huh. is one of the first things you see. People are walking around and pretending that they uh, like each other. Rules have rules. Mm-hmm. There's a ton of rules, a ton of rules. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the minute I walk in and it's this, 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 well, we have a rule. I'm like, all right, I, I just diagnosed the issue. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I remember walking into a um, a state building, a state office building one time, and talk about and talk about rules. Mm-hmm. They had uh, little red footprints 
printed yep. on the mm-hmm. ground to control the public. And um, then they had a little um, uh, red line painted in when the footsteps stop. And so people are confused, but, you know, they're trying to control people. They're trying to have all these different rules and policies and procedures. Um, yeah. And guess what? They have them for their people, too. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Yeah. Yeah. I I'll, another uh, time when I was training, I was in a, and I think I've shared this story before, but it's worth mentioning again. And I was training a group of people and the leaders that said they need this training. Mm-hmm. Right. So now you're already set up. They have to be there. Mm-hmm. They don't want to be there um, because they've, you know, they see this as, as punitive. And so it was a really small room, almost like just a large like conference room. Mm-hmm. And so I am literally backed up against the wall. My back is touching the wall. And I noticed the table beside me has this fake plant, Mm -hmm. you know, and Mm -hmm. in this basket with little decor there. And I look down in there and there's a little red light. And I'm like, what the world? And it was a baby monitor. (gasps) Yeah. So they were listening in on their team that they mandated attend this training. Wow. And you know me, I turned it off. <laughs> of course you did. Of course I, you did. Just, I would wow. Take, yeah, let's take it back and give it to those leaders and say, here's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> I should have probably set it out on the table so that and everyone said, could have seen it. Yeah. Yeah. But I was just I like, wow, that wow. says a lot. That sure. speaks volumes, yep. yeah. actually. Yeah. I'll say another thing that I find um, is there's a lot of blame uh, being placed all over the team. Mm -hmm. Um, You did it. No, it's your fault. No, it's their fault. It's it's this person's fault. Um, And that's that sign, I think, oftentimes of that reactivity. Um, And so I do think proactivity is one of those things that are really Mm -hmm. important in a team. But, you know, the opposite of that is that sense of blame, um, you know, and then nothing ever gets done. Right. Yeah. We're too busy blaming each other rather than just getting work accomplished and posturing and Mm -hmm. the idea of possessiveness sorry i know uh, but just not sharing ideas Mm. yeah you know for fear of i don't know not getting credit or you know so people become very defensive and very yeah yeah, very possessive of the work that they do you know Mm -hmm. um well and i think what's interesting as you guys were talking earlier about like the rules concept you know rules for rules and i was thinking back to my entrance into this team and my my rigidness and things. I was pretty inflexible um, on because I I mean, I I had just been conditioned that way through uh, different, you know, experiences, life experiences. And and I'm a control freak. I think I said that earlier. (laughs) We we just chuckled. Yeah. Um, But I mean, that that was uh, I think that posed a little bit of conflict on our team early on because I was pretty set in ways. And I think that that was a very unproductive behavior. Well, yeah. But, you know, we also have to remember that, um, you know, we can learn from these things as well. Yeah. Um, And I think a, a sign of a good team is one that takes those opportunities like that to sit down, um, kind of have some conversations about that, which is what we did. We did, if you right? Remember mm-hmm. that. Um, so we sat down and, and you know, because we need to be flexible. That's mm-hmm. that's uh, that's part of the vision that I have for this team is that idea of flexibility because it is just the three of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that does make it somewhat difficult and that flexibility is really needed to do, to do just the sheer amount of work that we get accomplished. Mm-hmm. Um, it's amazing. Um, but it's a lot of it, I think, is that flexibility we, we take with one another. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So if people, uh, I say people, if our leaders were to really start focusing in places, I guess to kind of recap and to sum up in our last few minutes here, what we've mentioned already, again, we're talking about visioning for what you want your team to look like or uh, resetting in a case where maybe you already have an established team. But thinking about that very first thing you said, Dewey, and I'm going to reemphasize it again, it's building trust. Mm -hmm. So really being intentional and planning out how will you continue to be intentional in building trust. And I think I've said it before on other episodes, but it was so weird to me when I started at MTI and I was told that at the beginning of every staff meeting, we're going to talk about trust. And I'm like, huh? Like, <laughs> that's kind of weird, y'all. Like, uh, But it wasn't. And actually, there was a lot of things that kind of got aired out in the open and then we were able to move on from it and it made it a much, much healthier environment, yeah. I think. Yeah. So focus first on trust. Yeah. And, you know, part of that is about giving your um, your team members opportunities just to get to know one another. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, we had to learn you. You had to learn us um, and our styles and your style. Um and that's a that's a lot of it, I think, right there is just giving them opportunities. And I'll say this, never, ever underestimate the power of food mm. for those kind of opportunities, <laughs> right? You're, it's amazing what a box of donuts will do for your team uh, if you bring them in and, and have everybody kind of gather around, enjoy a donut, yeah. um, talk to each other a little bit, learn about each other. Yeah. You know, and, and for for those environments where you feel like, well, I don't, we don't have the time for that. We're just so mm-hmm. busy. So over, I'm like, I, I honestly don't think you don't have the time for that. I don't, I don't believe that because I think when you're not fostering that type of collaborative, inclusive, trusting, your work's so slowed down anyway, that maybe 10 minutes circled around a box of donuts would save you two days worth Mm -hmm. of work because of those opportunities come together and, and to get to know. And, and so I, I think, I think you're just spending the time plus more on the back end. Oh, absolutely. Then maybe investing some of the things up front. But I, I do know one thing that employees like, and at every level, is structure. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean rules necessarily, you know, but I think the idea that structure, you know, when especially when you're talking about conflict, especially when you're talking about roles and responsibilities and expectations, the conversation of, you know, do what you do best, mm-hmm. um, you know, and let us do what we do best, yeah. you know, kind of thing and and setting that structure. And then, of course, as the leader, holding yourself accountable to your own expectations, Mm -hmm. you know, because I think that the number one, the number one cause of poor team dynamics is weak leadership. Mm -hmm. It's always the manager. It's always. It's always. <laughs> always. We say that never the money. <laughs> it's never the money, and it's always the manager. Uh-huh. It's probably the only time we use absolutes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, as we start wrapping up, I guess what other final thoughts would you have as we kind of close out part one again, getting the vision? Uh, I guess my final thought would be: you can't. It's hard to get people accountable uh, and committed if they don't have trust. Mm-hmm. Yes, and. Um, Leaders lead. Mm-hmm. So do your job. <laughs> <laughs> it's that easy. <laughs> Just do it. Just do it. Oh, well, I love it. And we will be back next week with another episode kind of on this whole concept of teamwork makes the dream work. Sorry, Ray, I did steal that from yeah, you. Yeah, that's um, all right. I love uh, it. I'll yes. share it. Okay. Well, if you have questions, comments, again, going back to the beginning, uh, if you remember, we'd love your suggestions for the 100th episode podcast as well. Uh, send them in to us, mti at missouri.edu. And until next time, go be great. 
Thanks for listening to The Weekly Workplace, hosted by the Missouri Training Institute. Dewey, Ray, and Brianna stand ready to connect with you and meet your training needs. Be sure to check out ways to contact them in the episode description or at mti.missouri.edu. Subscribe to the podcast to get future episodes automatically by tapping subscribe in your podcast player of choice. Hope to catch you on the next episode of The Weekly Workplace. Workplace.